Hi and welcome to the Tuesday Epilepsy Club, Series 3, Episode 3, Odds and Ends. C.S. Lewis said that experience is a brutal teacher, but you learn. My God, do you learn. I know that living with epilepsy, or any other disability for that matter, is about cultivating your personal independence, which can only be done when you come to terms with the fact that there is a difference between being cured and adapting to life with regular seizures or fits. Some might think I've given up, but they're wrong. I need my medication. I have no doubt about that. I now haven't had a seizure for six months. I'm sitting on the precipice of having some more seizures. It's funny how quickly I forget the seizures, and yet I'm never really without them. It's a curiously detached existence at times, a dark shadow lurking in the corner, a sudden chill, a passing thought. I put an end to any break in fits in spectacular fashion, usually. Every now and again I feel myself getting hysterical, my head gets fuzzy. I know I'll be okay, I will be okay when I have my next seizure, but I just, it's waiting for it. In a way, I almost hope that I have the seizure sooner rather than later. It's like jumping off a cliff. I need to be awakened from a trance. There will be disappointment, but then there will be something reassuring in its predictability, a familiarity, and there'll be a time where I get reacquainted with the floor, always with the floor. Much has been written about epilepsy and seizures, but unsurprisingly few have touched the emotional aspects. The days when the words are flat, foods are tasteless, and fear walks constantly beside you. There was a time I worried about the world. There was a time where I worried about the world and I had become incompatible, that time had passed. Living with epilepsy is as much about living with the unpredictability of the condition as coping with the seizures when they do occur. Which is worse? I'll leave that for you to decide. All I can say is, each is exhausting in its own way. It's difficult to explain to people that you can be exhausted from not having fits in a way that you cannot be exhausted from having fits. You've been here before. It's been worse than this. It will pass. Those words that Tim repeats over and over again. They will mean something to me again soon. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but in the coming weeks, when I feel like I've got nothing left, they'll mean something to me again. I wasn't getting any time to recover in between fits before this happened and I broke my ankle. I felt constantly battered. The worst thing to do to someone when they're down is kick them, let them try and get up, and then pummel them. But that's how I felt. Me not having a fit for six months has given me a breath of fresh air, has given me time to recuperate. Yes, I've had a broken ankle and I've been getting over that, but... My brain has been given time to get over a battering. There's a quintessential balance between reality and relief for me. 
The last fit was close enough for me to rationalise. They'll be back soon, but I will survive. My life is a quintessential balance between relief and reality. I'm going just that little bit further now, that little bit further where my fit might now feel like I'm being ambushed. I'm getting my life back together again and I'm worried that if I have a seizure now, I might surely feel like the whole world is coming crashing down. I'm still having up to 30 seizures a day, small partial fits. It's not as if I'm without fits. It's not as if I'm without epilepsy. But those tonic-clonic fits, that break from those tonic-clonic fits has allowed me and my brain to heal over the last six months and allowed my ankle to heal over the last six months. I wasn't aware of just how much I needed a break from a constant battering until now I've got it. People who don't know anything about me have started saying things like, you're glowing, you look happy, you look healthy. And it is literally just a relief, an inherent relief that I think I'm getting slightly complacent. But on the other side, I am aware of the fact that it will happen, it will happen soon. And when it does, I worry about what it will do to my self-confidence, whether I will start again from the ground floor or whether I'll go down to the basement and have to move back up again. Over the last few months, I've slowly started talking to people again. I'm coming out of hiding. First time in a long time, I'm looking forward to Christmas and New Year. Lots of different ideas about things I can do over the next coming six months. I just need to write them all down before I have a fit and forget everything. The book was a project. I knew I was setting off on a lonely path and that was the last thing I wanted. I'd been spending more than 20 years trying to figure out my place in the world and by exposing every thought and feeling about my epilepsy I was exposing myself to the outside world in a way I never thought I would. My fit's seemed to put me hopelessly adrift for weeks at a time with uncanny regularity, but I was searching for an anchor. Fits and Starts was never about finding the truth or the meaning of life, but rather learning to live as intensely as possible in the here and now, and explaining to others the upside-down and back-to-front world I live in. Writing this, I realise how far I've come and how much I could have done to make my life easier in those early years until my mid-twenties. I felt my epilepsy was a symbol of an unwanted isolation. Meeting Tim was a big step forward, but even with him by my side, much of my day was taken up with uncontrolled feelings of tension and anxiety, anger and fear. Getting to know me was an impossibility. I didn't even know who me was. Over time, I've learned to accept that my seizures have gradually changed who I am, or rather, who I might have become. Fifteen years ago, I wasn't sure how I felt about this concept. I didn't want to surrender to the fits. I refused to be defeated. At that time, I'd remained trapped in the cerebral brief that my fits and I couldn't live side by side in harmony. To me, it seemed clear 
Only one would survive, the other would not. But then something changed. I became a mother and everything else fell by the wayside. It makes you open your eyes, something like that. I was forced to mature overnight. There was no more room for me to be selfish. There was an unveiling of a reality that had been there all the time. But until now, I'd find dozens of ways to avoid facing. I could no longer pretend the seizures didn't exist. And I resolved I couldn't beat the fits. I would just have to accept them. It was a truly liberating experience. And one I strongly urge one and everyone to do. It was a simple choice. My baby's fragility meant I had to be stronger. The safety of Oscar and Kurt, I told everyone and anyone about my fits in an effort to protect them in our quarantine niche in South London. There have, of course, been moments of discomfort, but I've never regretted my actions, no matter how insecure they made me. I'm not claiming I have all the answers, and now view my epilepsy with some calm benevolence. We still argue. I get cross. I fit some more. I get sad. I survive. The difference is, these days, it's a passing thought. A whim, if you will. It's no longer a ceaseless curse which plagues me day and night. I'm aware that there are things I can do to improve my situation, but that doesn't make it any easier. I need to remember to breathe in and out all day every day. I need to stop getting worked up about the little things, worrying about things that may never happen or I can't change. I'm going to have a fit. I will have a fit. The fit will come in the next couple of weeks. Stop. Take a step back. Relax. Truth is, if no one has died, chances are it can be fixed. I talk a lot when I'm manic before a fit. I need to find a way to to identify these moments of mania and calm myself down. I refuse to believe I've run out of options yet. Living with epilepsy is confusing and complicated. It's not a gift, but it may be an asset. Ultimately, it's a case of trial and error, and that, in its own way, is a wonderful mystery to keep unravelling. I can rationalise my behaviour one day, but not the next. A medication may work for a while, but then one day, for no reason at all, it won't work anymore. I have refractory epilepsy. I know that. I've seen that. I've survived that. There was a moment I thought I'd never finish the book. There were several moments I never thought I'd get through the day. But I did. And you will too. Thank you for joining me. This is Tuesday Epilepsy Club. Speak to you soon. Take care. Bye.